Welcome to the AJP Heart and Circ podcast. I'm Kara Hansel Keehan. Today we'll discuss a new study by Dakota et al. titled Cell Therapy Attenuates Endothelial Dysfunction in Hypertensive Rats with Heart Failure and Preserved Ejection Fraction. This article was published October 17, 2022. Joining us today are Deputy Editor Dr. Zam Kassiri, author Dr. Tassio Mesquita, and expert Dr. Daryl Davis. Let's get started. Zam? Thank you, Carib. So this very interesting uh, study investigated that whether in heart failure with preserved ejection fraction or HEFPEF, inflammation is the driving force for the diastolic dysfunction. They looked at um, different uh, mechanisms and the therapeutic approach that they used was administration of cardiosphere-derived cells or CDCs that were injected into the coronaries of dull salt-sensitive rats. These are rats that develop hypertension if they receive a high-salt diet and they develop um, heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. The authors observed that after two weeks of treatment with CDCs, features of HEFPEF were ameliorated. The rats become a lot healthier. They showed improved endothelial-dependent vasodilation, reduced oxidative stress, restored expression of endothelial nitric oxide synthase, or ENOS, and reduced inflammation. So overall, this study finds that CDCs can make significant improvements in rats with HEFPEF. So I'd like to start the discussion by asking Tassio to get everyone on the same page. Can you give us a little bit of background on what CDCs or cardiosphere-derived cells are and why are they being considered as a therapeutic approach in these different types of heart diseases? Absolutely. So first, Thanks, AGP, Heart, and Cirque for the opportunity to discuss our findings today. As I was mentioning to Kara the other day, I used to listen to this podcast since I was a grad student. So when I was driving to the university, I was listening to the podcast, getting the digested version of the papers, and also getting exposed by my English. So in being on the other side of the computer is an honor. So I think that I should start this discussion uh, by mentioning how this study was conceived and why CDCs may have potential therapeutic efficacy in HEFPATH. So we started this project with a strong foundation from all preclinical studies. And preclinical and clinical studies completed and ongoing uh, clinical trials demonstrating that CDCs possess therapeutic bioactivity in different forms of cardiomyopathy, not only have ref but uh, the recent findings from HOPE2 is very exciting. So kids with uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, they develop cardiomyopathy, and the treatment of CDCs uh, produce some uh, remarkable therapeutic effects for those patients. So we have accumulated knowledge over the past 17 years, indicating that CDCs are cardiac stromal slash progenitor cells, given the fact they are clonally drivable and that they are capable of multi-lineage differentiation. 
But now we know that the mode of action of those cells, it's very likely through indirect mechanisms. So we and others believe that the paracrine effects of CDCs or the secreted factors by those cells prevent apoptosis, they have anti-inflammatory and anti-fibrotic effects. So by knowing the therapeutic potential of CDCs, we then designed this study. So in 2016, we published the first report demonstrating that CDCs, they are able to alleviate the diastolic dysfunction in this hypertensive rat model that Sam described. So in one week, we always start seeing the therapeutic effects. But we also noticed that those animals, they have decreased mortality. And in a follow-up study, we demonstrated that CDC-treated animals, they have less arrhythmias and the burden of sudden death, it's dramatically reduced compared to placebo-treated animals. But one particular finding in our previous study uh, caught our attention. So we noticed that placebo-treated animals, they have a dramatic reduction in the capillarity compared to healthy controls. So the number of vessels in the half-path hearts are really, really reduced. But the treatment with CDCs was, was able to improve the density of the cells in half-path hearts. And this can partially attributed by attenuation of endothelial dysfunction or enhanced angiogenesis. And that's why we designed this study to look a little bit closer to the effects of CDCs on the endothelial cells. Thank you, Tassio. So on that note, that brings me to my next question. So do you think, like, what is the what is the characteristics of the CDCs? Are they able to penetrate through the intima layer between the endothelial cells and get to the cardiomyocytes, for example? Or do you think their direct target cells are the endothelial cells and anything else, all the other protective effects that they have is secondary to the improvement of the endothelial functions? This is a very good question. So CDCs are about 10 to 40 microns in a cell suspension. So when we detach those cells for IVA demonstration. So the reality is only few cells could be capable of crossing the intimal barrier or crossing the inter-endothelial junction. And only few cells can be retained in the heart. However, in certain disease conditions, the permeability might change due to the fact that the cell-to-cell -cell adhesion proteins might be disrupted um, and allow some more transport of cells. But even though what the reports show us is that only a small fraction of those cells remain in the body after the injection. But that's a very interesting question because it further supports the current notion that much smaller secreted factors released by CDCs in this we can include exosomes, extracellular vesicles, which are much smaller, around 100 nanometers, they may mediate the effects of CDCs. And um, yeah, regarding your second point, uh, we use this well-established protocol of intracoronary delivery. So when we inject, it goes to the microcirculation. So endothelial cells are very, very likely the first cell type that CDCs encounter. Although I can't say with 100% certainty, we should consider that endothelial cells might be the first cell type responders 
that CDCs may modulate and mediate the therapeutic effects. Okay, so there is there is still more to learn about the mechanism of action for CDCs, I suppose. You agree? Yes, yes. We definitely have to to go a little bit further. I think that we are performing further investigation to understand how CDCs alleviating the phenotype of half-path animals. So those animals, they have a really severe hypertension, accelerated mortality. And um, I think the next step, which is obvious if someone follow our study, is trying to understand whether or not exosomes is the mediator. And also, what is inside of this in these exosomes that mediates the therapeutic effects of CDCs? This is definitely uh, required for the studies. Thank you. Uh, my next question is about the efficiency and potency of CDCs in being in exerting their beneficial effects. I noticed that you had these um, salt-sensitive rats on high salt for seven weeks, and then they received CDCs, and within two weeks, you were able to see pretty much all the phenotypes were reversed, including phenotypes like fibrosis, which is a structural remodeling. And I just wanted you to comment on that, just to in terms of how CDCs were able to not only prevent the uh, disease, but also to reverse the damages that were done to the heart. We agree with you. Uh, after two weeks, we are able to normalize many physiological aspects of the disease, not completely, even so the longest time point uh, that we use was after four weeks. So we see improvement in diastolic dysfunction, fibrosis, as you mentioned. Some aspects did not change such, a, such as the hypertrophy. But after one week, we already see a significant enhancement of diastolic dysfunction. So that's why for this particular study, we use the two weeks as our endpoint. So in terms of fibrosis and how CDCs may affect those particular cell types, we only have the phenotype. We only have the information that CDCs decrease fibrosis, but we didn't have the information from a single cell level. So what we have now in the paper is, although we mainly focus on the endothelial cell population, right now we have a large data set, single cell RNA-seq data that we can interrogate multiple different cell types, including fibroblasts. So we, we noticed that after seven weeks, uh, the animals, they fully developed the half-path phenotype and we inject the CDCs and we isolate cells from the heart. So we noticed that fibroblasts from half-path animals, they express high levels of inflammatory uh, genes. So those may facilitate uh, the proliferation of those cells. But we also have to take into consideration that half-path half hearts they are embedded in a very inflammatory situation. So those cells are in physical contact with other cells, such as uh, macrophages, T cells, B cells. And those cells can secrete factors that indirectly accelerate the proliferation of uh, fibroblasts. So it's difficult to 
pinpoint whether the effects on fibroblasts is because CDC is uh, directly affecting fibroblasts is one hypothesis, or is because we are affecting immune cells to become less inflammatory, so it secretes less cytokines, or if it's both. So I think that right now it's trying to mine our single cell RNA-seq data to further understand uh, what is going on and how CDCs can prevent the progression of the disease. You also mentioned that CDCs can promote angiogenesis and revascularization a little bit. Do you think that may also contribute to limiting the fibrosis? So if you get better perfusion of the tissue, then you will have less probably myocyte death that will get then replaced with fibroblasts and fibrosis. So just maybe something else to also consider? Yes, uh, yes, definitely. We we have that indication in 2016 and we further extended this in the current study. So what we did was we diffuse. So we give the CDCs by intracoronary injections. And after two weeks, we harvest the hearts. We harvest also uh, the aorta of the animals, the thoracic aorta. And we cut in small rings and put in a culture. And by culturing this, uh, these rings, we can see the angiogenesis, the natural proliferation of endothelial cells and the creation of new vessels. And it's very interesting because even ex vivo, so we still see that those cells or the, the vessels treated by CDCs, they have more capability to create longer vessels, so which indicate they are more capable of angiogenesis compared to placebo-treated animals. So the exact mechanism that influenced the angiogenesis is not very clear. So what we have in our single-cell seq we are able to identify, identify five different clusters of endothelial cells, but only one of the cluster seems to be the most pro-inflammatory cluster. And this population dramatically increase in placebo-treated animals compared to healthy animals. But for some reason, the CDCs was able to almost fully reverse this particular population. So maybe because we are attenuating those cells that are highly inflamed, this can facilitate the angiogenesis. But this is only an, a hypothesis. I think that for the study needs to look a little bit closer to the angiogenic effect of CDCs. That that's quite interesting, and particularly because it um, CDCs are becoming like the miracle molecules or miracle vesicles that they they have more uh, beneficial effects than the mechanisms that are known for it. Which brings me to my question for Daryl in terms of. What do you what do you think the advantages of CDCs could be? See if this field continues to expand at the same trajectory that has been so far. Uh, what do you think the advantages of uh, using CDCs as a treatment for cardiac or maybe even some vascular uh, pathologies compared to other methodologies like nanoparticles or other types of uh, vesicles that are used to deliver known material like drugs or recombinant proteins? 
Can you speculate what the advantages and maybe some disadvantages of using CDCs over something that we know what we're delivering to the heart? Oh, hi, Zam. Yes, CDCs offer a number of advantages uh, compared to microparticles or vesicles. The disadvantages, though, have prompted a lot of people to migrate from using living cells to using uh, the vesicles that are derived from these living cells. And partially the disadvantage has been a recognition that these are fragile living entities and difficult to culture and difficult to administer. And so it's prompted a lot of people to explore perhaps the factors that the cells produce. But the cells themselves have a a number of inherent advantages uh, over other means of uh, reprogramming. A lot of these advantages lie in the fact that they act as reservoirs once they're transplanted into the host. And these reservoirs can sit there and provide ongoing stimulation to the uh, target cells or the target uh, uh, organs. There's also a number of studies that have shown that cell-to-cell contact plays an important role in mediating these effects. For example, when you transplant a CDC into an injured heart, this cell-to-cell contact with uh, neighboring fibroblasts can influence function as well, which is independent of their paracrine effects. Finally, cells also offer the ability to modify their secretion in different environments. When a cell goes into a hypoxic environment, for example, the secretion from the cells or the paracrine stimulation can be quite different from that in an ormoxic area as well. So potentially offering a chance to to alter or customize their payload delivery. Finally, cells also provide a platform where you can modify their production or their function. And so once transplanted, they can uh, be customized towards uh, delivering payloads or adhering in areas of marked damage so that they can uh, deliver a much more continuous and uh, customized payload to uh, improve uh, function. So cells themselves offer a lot of new advantages over other modalities. And perhaps uh, in the future, these modalities can be exploited in a more systematic and engineered uh, way as compared to simply uh, administering them in a uh, vessel bed and hoping that they uh, do their actions. Uh, thanks, Daryl. Did you did you say that CDCs can be modified, like genetically modified or customized based on what the intentions may be? Yep. Several studies looking at heart-derived cells uh, that have been uh, genetically modified to overexpress, say, pro-healing or uh, pro-angiogenic cytokines. When administered in animal models of damage, they provide enhanced uh, function or even survival uh, when compared to the non-modified cells. That's pretty cool because that will just increase the application of these CDCs. Like you said, instead of just you know adding it to the tissue and hope for the best, you can actually design a very a targeted uh, approach. Uh, well, I, for one, have learned a lot about CDCs with this uh, by by reading the paper, this wonderful, very nicely written and elaborated paper, and also with this discussion. So I want to thank both of you, Tassio and Daryl, for uh, agreeing to having this discussion. And I guess to Tassio, who used to listen to these podcasts on his way to the lab and kind of 
work of his English, which has worked very nicely, by the way. So to use it like, you know, people say I used to watch the Oscars on TV and I can't believe I was invited to one of these uh, Oscar awards. Is that, is that how you feel? Kind of. I think so. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm glad. I hope you had fun and I hope uh, we can have more of these discussions. Uh, obviously, cell therapy and different modes of um, improving treatments of the tissue in the heart disease uh, is going to be the way of the future. And uh, we hope to continue these discussions. Thanks for listening to this episode of the AJP Heart and Circ podcast. Our theme music was written and performed by Ray Mitchell. Catch the latest episodes of our podcast at physiology.org slash journal slash AJP Heart.